Welcome, you're listening to A Pop of Psych, a fun and educational podcast about the interdisciplinary applications of psychology. Hello, welcome to A Pop of Psych podcast. I'm Julia, a rising junior from New Jersey, and I will be your main host for today's episode. Starting from this episode to episode 10, we are starting the More You Know series, which will be school-themed. In the seventh episode of this podcast, I will be talking about anxiety in general, personal experiences with anxiety, specifically school-related, and some advice for coping with it. Everyone has or have had anxiety in some form, at least once in their life. Some people may be better at hiding it than others, but to a certain degree, everyone has anxiety and experienced it before. So what exactly is anxiety? Anxiety is a state of uneasiness and distress, apprehension and worry. It may be about future uncertainties or of past actions, but it's your body's natural response to stress and fear. In a way, everyone has experienced anxiety, like the first day of work, before tests or public speaking. However, there is a difference between occasional anxiety and anxiety disorders. Everyone has occasional anxiety, but not everyone has anxiety disorders. There are many different types of anxiety disorders. For instance, there's generalized anxiety disorder, which is characterized by persistent and excessive worry with little or no reason at all. There is panic disorder when you experience sudden and intense fear that leads to a panic attack. There is social anxiety disorder, which you feel very self-conscious and worry about being judged by others. There is separation anxiety disorder when you feel fear of being away from home or loved ones. You may be constantly worried that something bad might happen to your loved ones and get anxious when they leave your sight. There is PTSD, which is anxiety that follows a traumatic event. There's OCD, in which recurring irrational thoughts that lead you to perform specific repeated behaviors. There's medication-induced anxiety disorder, where use of certain drugs or withdrawal from certain drugs can trigger some symptoms of anxiety disorder. There's illness anxiety disorder, in which you're anxious about your health. And there are many more I have yet to list. The causes of these anxiety disorders are not fully understood, but there are many factors that may contribute to anxiety. Some causes of anxiety may be due to genetics, brain chemistry, environmental stress, drugs, or medical conditions. Anxiety disorders may run in families. And there has been research that suggests that anxiety disorders may be linked to faulty circuits in the brain that control fear and emotions. Environmental stress may refer to a traumatic or stressful event that one has witnessed or experienced. Anxiety can also be a reaction to stress but it can also occur in people who have no obvious stressors. There are various and a wide range of symptoms from anxiety. It can range from butterflies in your stomach to a racing heart. Sometimes you may feel like you are disconnected from your mind and body, which makes you feel like you're out of control. However, anxiety symptoms vary from person to person and by the situation as well. Therefore, it is important to know all the ways anxiety can present itself. Some common symptoms of anxiety are excessive fear or worry, panic, fear, and uneasiness, feelings of doom or danger, sleep problems, not being able to stay calm and still, cold, sweaty, numb, or tingling hands or feet, shortness of breath, hyperventilation, heart palpitations, dry mouth, nausea, tense muscles, dizziness, thinking about a problem over and over again and unable to stop, 
inability to concentrate, intensely or obsessively avoiding feared objects or places. There are so many symptoms of anxiety, and it might differ depending on your situation or how it was triggered. Next time, if you're ever confused if you're experiencing anxiety or not, try to see if your symptoms overlap to the ones I listed. In the next segment, I'll be discussing personal experience with anxiety. For this segment, we are going to talk about our own personal experiences with anxiety, and I am here with Stacy. Hello, I'm Stacy. So Stacy, have you experienced any anxiety before? Um, I do a lot, and more frequently than I did in middle school, and I would generally consider myself a very anxious person. <laughs> How about you, Julia? I do consider myself an anxious person as well, especially in like a school setting. Like for instance, uh, having tests in school, I really get anxious. Like no matter how much I study, I always feel underprepared and I always second guess myself. And I think many people feel the same way as well. So it makes me feel like a little better. Um, yeah, like um, the periods before a test, I can't be present in class. Um, like, I can't be attentive at all. Like, if I have, like, a chemistry test in the afternoon, um, the content my teacher discusses in, say, my physics class in the morning, it just goes completely, um, through, like, through one year and out the other. And I tend to skip, skip lunch a lot to study for any afternoon tests, even though I stayed up the night before. And, and like you, I feel so underprepared, but in reality, um, anything that I'll do will never be enough for me to not feel that way. Yeah, I, I really agree with that during lunch. Food? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, also, like, big assignments. Um, in freshman year, I had this historical investigation paper. <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> the historical investigation paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it required such an extensive amount of research. And I just remember on, like, 1 a.m., on a weekday night, I was just sifting through, like, the research papers on the internet with lots of big words that I didn't understand. And I have this thing where I can't really concentrate on something for long, so I start drifting um, or daydreaming a lot. This condition and, like, 50 tabs open on medieval art at the same time is a terrible combination, and I learned that the hard way. If I drift or daydream, I panic because only a few words or sentences can like enter my head at one time from the research papers, and I can't really establish logical connections between a sentence I just read and a sentence I will read 20 seconds later because the two I start thinking because between the two I start thinking about something else. This overwhelming realization that I was legitimately not made for compiling information from old documents because of my lack of comprehension skills and attentiveness just made me panic alone at 1am in the morning. Yes. <laughs> I, I do think, I really agree with that. Like, I feel like I panic the most at, like, 1am, like, 2am in the morning. And and it's just so bad. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's always at 1am for some reason. Not even 2am, just 1am. <laughs> I don't even okay yeah <laughs> and um due dates so I have a love-hate relationship 
with distant due dates. I always think I'll have enough time to complete an assignment that is due in the distant future and don't start until the week is due or sometimes a few days before because I like to play with the fire like that. Um, but sometimes, more often than sometimes to be frank, at like 2 in the morning, <laughs> I think I have something due, I should probably work on it and just do like a quarter of the assignment. Now this can be argued as productive, but it's really not because my panic disturbs my sleep and I'm being fueled by anxiety and not really motivation to get actual work done. And it's like I took one of those five hour energy shots and I'm running on artificial energy. And oh ho ho, my summer homework, which I have not started yet, even though school is due to open remotely in less than two weeks. Honestly, same. Like, I, I bought my book, the books I had to read for summer, like, a day ago. And I, I'm i just waiting for that to come so I can start my summer homework. And I really get the due dates thing. So I attended the summer program, and it was, like, about a month long. And it wasn't every day. It was, like, I had to listen to lectures three times a week. And there were follow-up questions and some other assignments on top of that. But I ended up not doing it because it was due at the end of the program. And I kept pushing it off. And I ended up doing it the day before it was due. Well, technically, it was, like, the night before it was due. And I just took an all-nighter. And every time I got closer to the hour, I kept panicking. And since I was panicking, it was harder for me to, like, focus and finish. And in the end, I handed it in. But I wasn't really happy with my work because I kept losing my focus because I was so anxious about the time and I knew I could have done better so I, even after I was finished I was overthinking things and being anxious about how it could have gone better yeah and overthinking it just constantly happens not even with like the schoolwork it's just things I did during the day that I thought came out wrong or like I thought I did bad it just keeps playing on repeat in my head and how it could have gone better or just thinking about my own stupidity. I know one time I borrowed a book from my sister who borrowed the book from her teacher. So, and the cover was a bit broken, but I dropped it and it ended up ripping the entire front cover page off. And it was a hardcover book, so taping it made it look so weird. So I was like taping it again and like off. But I knew they would realize, so I was so nervous and anxious about it. And I kept thinking about how my sister would react. And how our teacher would react. Like, would my sister get in trouble because of what I did? And I was just replaying my own stupidity of dropping the book. And I remember my heart racing. And I wasn't, like, my heart was racing so bad. Like, I couldn't sleep that night. It was, I don't know, maybe it was guilt also. But it's also anxiety as well. Yeah, um, sometimes I feel guilty for sleeping as well. Like, sleeping is kind of the safe haven, like, untainted by any factor like stress, um, at least for me. And I always think I should be working on an assignment as I am ready to fall asleep. I end up bargaining with myself in bed for the next 10 minutes, and 9 times out of 10 wake up and do something, in quotations, productive on that artificial energy I was talking about earlier. Yeah, and I really get how you always remember to do something before you fall asleep. I remember like, I was just about to fall asleep, 
but then I remembered I had to like bring a book to school tomorrow so I was like packing my bags and I went back to sleep I was like went back to my bed to sleep and I remembered I had to like sign something so I went back out of bed it was just like repeating over and over again I remember in the same did you have that like I'm pretty sure you probably went through the same thing like chemistry test and then like you think that you're like all good to go and then you get like um back on your bed and then you realize you didn't study the chapter about acids and bases <laughs> and you wake up and start studying it all over again. Yeah. Then you end up not falling asleep at all. Just yeah. <laughs> and like in school, it's like public speaking is inevitable. And I absolutely hate public speaking. And even if I'm going to record these like video episodes for the podcast i get so anxious like i always stutter and my tongue twists and it's even worse when i have to present in front of people like physically face to face and like right now i'm like twisting around like with the strings of my mic or something and i just i can get it out that way but like when i'm presenting in front of people i can't really make it obvious so sometimes like my hands start to shake so if I have note cards, I grab them really hard until they wrinkle, or I end up like pinching the side of my shirt slightly and like start rubbing my like thumb, my pointer finger together, and I don't know that kind of calms me. I think everyone has a different type of way to calm themselves, but I still feel really anxious about it. Yeah, um, me too. I remember having to present for my history class. And ended up choking on my words mid-presentation. And I was so mortified. I was supposed to be attentive and take notes on the presentations before mine too. Um, but I was in, just in this frozen state and I couldn't do anything. And um, I just remember this. I just thought of this now. But when I was younger in middle school, I was so shy. My mom sent me to debate classes. And I was like the only person in that class that just wouldn't like participate in anything and I'd always get caught up on my enunciation like how I enunciate certain words or how I like um have this habit of just like it's like gripping the podium really hard and like starting to shake it or like swinging my legs or like having like this really slouch posture um but I think public speaking is one of the most common anxiety-inducing events yeah definitely so in this segment we discuss our personal experiences with anxiety and in the next segment we're going to discuss some coping methods previously we talked about some of our experiences with anxiety so stacy are there any ways that you deal with anxiety if I'm being completely honest, I haven't found an effective means of clearing my head. Um, one of the things I have tried, though, and have worked to some extent, is facing what's bothering me head on. Instead of beating around the bush, I just write down everything that's bothering me in what I call my rant notebook. Um, it's like this white Muji notebook, like... It's very unassuming. It doesn't look like a rant notebook. Um, even though I call it a rant notebook, I try my best to approach writing things down in a really calm manner. 
Um, I try to use my best handwriting, lots of arrows, just mapping out my mind, basically. There's no other way to beat anxiety in my book but just collide headfirst. And anytime that intrusive thought starts bothering me again, I just look at my rant journal and try to reason with myself why I'm okay. <laughs> what about you, Julia? Um, well, one way I deal with anxiety or stress in general is I try to clear my head from like any of the thoughts I have because I, I tend to overthink and that's like my main source of anxiety. And I do this by listening to music, like very loud music. So basically, I wear headphones so I don't bother anyone else or like kill their ears. And I play music very loudly. It can be anything I want. Like sometimes it could be a song I've never heard of before. Or it can be like a song I liked at a time. My favorite song constantly changes. So the music I listen to changes all the time. So after I blast the music, I turn off the lights and I just lay on my bed. Then the music sort of drowns out my thoughts and I don't really think about anything during that time. I focus on the music sometimes or like the lyrics, but nothing really enters my head during that time and I try to force everything out. And I found this to be really helpful for my anxiety and I guess there are some like cons to this coping method because it's hard to use this method like outside of a household setting because I would have to like relax by laying on my bed or like close my eyes which is kind of weird to do just out in public <laughs> um I also really like to listen to music right now whenever I'm kind of lost I listen to this particular song called Road to Nowhere um the one that's covered by Release the Sunbirds and I feel like it just helps me calm down um, lyric-wise and melody-wise. Maybe find a song with lyrics that relate to the situation you're in or you feel just generally makes you happier or is just immersive. Um, in addition to music, I like to start, I, I've started to read again. In middle school, I was a really avid re reader, but um, after entering high school, I never really had a chance to read. Um, always like overwhelmed with assignments but I feel that reading overall increases your ability to concentrate on something for longer periods of time without distraction this helps prevent any mind um, wondering that might induce an anxiety spiral yeah yeah like I used to hate reading but now like because of quarantine I discovered my newfound love for books and I really agree with you that you end up, like, focusing, like, you end up, like, deep inside the book. That you only focus on the book, so that really helps taking your mind off things. Sometimes you, like, lose time because you end up reading the book for too long, but that's part of the fun. Do you have a book recommendation? Ooh, um... Well, my like the type of books I like to read is like fantasy, so it's like completely like I can like travel my head to another world. And my favorite series is like the Mortal Instrument series by Cassandra Clare, mm -hmm. and I I I think I've read it like three times this quarantine. Oh. <laughs> like her whole all everything she's written, I think I read. It was so good. Mm -hmm. How about you, Stacey? That's cool. Do you have um, any books? Re book recommendations. I just started, actually no, I'm almost done with Pride and Prejudice. 
and I've just started Jane Eyre. So yeah, I'm very excited. I think I stayed up until two yesterday, finish uh almost finishing Pride and Prejudice. So I recommend it. It's so good. Um, I love Mr. Darcy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've always wanted to read that book, but it's just it's so good. I want you have like to read it. A paper copy. Like I don't want to read that online. I was like, you know, I heard it's such a great book that I just like want a physical copy to read. Mm-hmm. Like physical copies, like um, you can write on. I really like to write on books. I, some people don't like that. They like think it's a sin, but <laughs> I like to circle stuff in my books. Yeah, yeah. that's why I like. I heard that it's so good. I want to like write down or like highlight stuff. Sometimes on like online books, I want to do it, but I can't. I just want a physical one before, like on my first read. Yeah, I think it's because it's like the old English type of book where everything they say is so proper. So, like, you can use it as, like, a roast or something in modern times, and it'd be the funniest thing. <laughs> Going back on track, away from the tangent, Julia, what are some other methods of coping with anxiety um, that may have worked with other people or is backed up by science? There are many other ways that you can cope with anxiety that have proven to work on other individuals. For instance, some methods are writing your thoughts out. Putting what you feel and what's making you anxious onto paper can help you feel like it's a tangible problem and make it seem less scary. Writing it out can help you organize your thoughts as well. This is a method that Stacy has used. You can also practice deep breathing. Some people said that using the 478 technique have helped. This is a breathing exercise that was developed by Dr. Andrew Whale. You inhale through your nose silently for 4 seconds. Hold your breath for 7 seconds, and then exhale, making a whooshing sound through your mouth for 8 seconds. Repeating this process has been shown to help with anxiety. Aromatherapy can help with anxiety as well. It can be in many different forms, such as oil, incense, or scented candles. It is thought to help activate certain receptors in your brain, potentially easing anxiety. Another method is exercise. Sometimes walking away from the situation and focusing on your body can help you stop anxious thoughts. You can walk around, do yoga, or do any sort of exercise. And lastly, questioning your thought pattern. Negative thoughts can take root into your mind and distort the severity of the situation. One way is to challenge your fears, ask if they're true, and see whether you can take back control. But I think everyone has different methods of coping and it just takes time to see which one works for you. You can try the ones I've listed and see if they work for you or if they don't. Like for me, um, aromatherapy may work for some people, but I always got a headache when I tried to smell different smells. And when I, I hate scented candles personally, but I found that listening to music was very helpful for me. And my method might not be effective for other people, but I found one way that works for me. So if you try all these methods and they don't work for you, don't worry, because if you keep looking, there is bound to be a coping method that fits for you. And identifying triggers is one of the most important steps to coping and managing anxiety attacks. Everyone has different triggers, but there are some common ones. 
Some ways you can help identify your triggers is by thinking of times and places where you notice yourself feeling most anxious. You can try to write them down and look for patterns. Then you can work on ways you can either avoid or confront the feelings of panic and worry. If you know the cause of your anxiety, that can help you put your worries into perspective. Next time, you'll be better prepared when it affects you. In this episode, we delved into different anxiety disorders and occasional anxiety and ways of coping with it. We also discussed some personal experiences. If you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to visit our website, apopofpsych.wixsite.com, that is linked in the description. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back next week with another informative and engaging episode. Thanks for listening!